and welcome to Eyewitness Beauty, the podcast where we talk about the biggest stories in the beauty industry each week. I am Nick Axelrod Welk, joined by the ever charming sunglassed Annie Diamond Creek Bomb. Hey, cuties. The Robin Givens Quivers. Robin Quivers to my Howard Stern. Yes. Is that what you said? I wasn't going to claim Robin Givens because Quiver. What? Who's Robin I think, Givens? I think Robin Givens is the one who claimed sexual assault against Mike Tyson. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> this is why oh, we're going straight to hell. Okay. So Robin Quivers, I felt like I couldn't is... claim that, but I feel like as like a Jewish radio host, you <laughs> may claim. You were you can claim Howard Stern. Fair. Anyway, this is Eyewitness Beauty, and Diamond is wearing sunglasses. She's wearing earrings, and I'm just trying to make the visuals pass up the joint. I know, we're, we're and doing... the visuals are for pa- Patreon users only. They're for because pa- we, we put the videos of all of these on our Patreon, and we do a little clip for social. We do a little clip for social, so everybody's seeing what I look like. And I'm try- I try to make it interesting, but I feel like I I don't have enough wardrobe options where the neckline is um, works on on hiding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that's comfortable to sit in and pot in. Like I have a lot of nice things, but I just feel weird putting on a blouse, a little blouse, you know. I don't know. That seems like uh, something to take up with yourself. Yeah. A, who wears a blouse around their own house? Like that's- wearing a going out top inside your own house yeah i mean i, guess I, mean, I, I get it stay tuned next it. week so today i'm wearing some accessories i'm wearing a hoodie because i thought like i saw all the girls are wearing hoodies and then i'm wearing pearl earrings really this is very different for me i usually do just a little hoop they're like and pearls wearing, ran over by a car they're flat mm-hmm you always got to take it to a negative place, Nick. No, I mean, like, beautifully. Why don't you just say they're, they're, sh- they're shapely? They're, why don't you say they're skinny? How do they even they're make thin. a pearl like that? It's like a disc. Ask God. Ask God. True. I don't pretend to know why she does the thing she does. Silver ring that my friend, who is a, like, 12th generation Toko Tokyo. Tokyoian from Tokyo made for me. That's really cool. It's, a, it's like a pinky. Is it a pinky? No, if a pointer finger ring. It's like a signet. Is it a signet ring? Is that yeah. how you say it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But with no inscription on it. Beautiful. Gorgeous. The rest is still unwritten, as Natasha Bedenfield once said. Yeah. Um, I will get it engraved one day. You maybe, Who's to say? How are you? Mm, fine i'm in like train has left the station mode on work stuff so i'm incredibly busy and i feel kind of sad because i love traveling so much but i just feel like i have to stay put you know yeah like i feel like it's going to be 2024 is going to be a year of like very little adventure movement Luckily, you have that. Don't you have that like under desk, like aerobicizer? <laughs> it's not quite the same, to be honest. 
Fair, but you could like use the vision, the Apple Vision Pro as like your goggles and then the aerobicizer and you could be anywhere you want. I've only tried a Vera headset once in my life and I hated it. Can I say something? Not to say that I'm like seeing the future, but Emily Weiss and I used to have a joke that like when we first started out in magazines, like working in magazines, like we thought we would could be like the editor in chief one day, right? And then 2008 happened and we were like, oh, wait, <laughs> like magazines are going away. Wait, re remind me what happened in 2008? Uh, the financial crisis. Oh, I was in high school. I didn't, I had no concept of. <laughs> so Emily and I were assistants at Women's Wear Daily and W Magazine down the street from Lehman Brothers, Lehman Brothers, um, which went belly up like the first morning of what turned out to be the financial crisis. And I think, at least I said to myself, like, okay, I got to, this is got to figure out someone, <laughs> figure out another dream because my dream just crumbled. We had a joke that like in the future, we would be like the editors in chief of like magazines that you would just like look at to like swipe pages, <laughs> like that they would all be sort of like virtual reality magazines. And guess what? Not far off. That's basically like, what we that's do what on I'm our <laughs> No, but the idea was that like, you just like kind of like blink to change the page, to turn the page, which I feel like is a function they have on the Apple Vision Pro. When I talk, when I talk about the first part of my career and I, <laughs> and I, I can't tell if people remember like world before social media or if they can place my work experience in like a certain time of media. And so yeah. I'm always like, I was the editor of a really popular beauty blog that was really more of a beauty like website because then I try to legitimize it by like not calling it a blog. <laughs> and then I'm like, and this was before, you know, when you wanted to consume content, you had to go to a URL every day. Like you couldn't just open Instagram and like get all the content from all your favorite content creators like you. So I, you know, I, so I would talk about like building an audience there and <laughs> You think that you think Brad dates you? I t I had a meeting with like a young person, like the other week, and I was like, I worked at a newspaper, yeah. <laughs> that that was just about fashion, and it came out every <laughs> single day. That's impressive. And it was delivered to your desk anywhere in the country every single day. Can you believe that? <laughs> Those are the days. I really miss style.com too. I remember style form, obviously, but it, when I was at Women's Wear Daily, it was kind of a competitor. Did Women's Wear Daily have like a full archive of all the looks from every show ever? More well, so that was the problem was that style.com, which was Condé Nast, um, Women's Wear Daily was Fairchild, which was owned by Condé Nast. But like they were already at that point, like duplicating things, right? Like why wouldn't they have folded Sal.com into Women's Wear Daily early on? Because that would have made sense in terms of like Sal.com was an industry website that cataloged fashion shows, et cetera. But they like were keeping everything separate and letting all these different editors in chief be the editors in chief of their own thing versus combining resources. So then very quickly, Women's Word Daily tried to like start putting their catalogs up because they have insane archives that like yeah. they weren't putting the necessary resources into their website because they were still putting out a newspaper.
Right. But I think actually what's sort of funny is flash forward, whatever, 15 years, however long it's been since I was there. And I think they just hired a new editor-in-chief of Women's Row Daily, which is now owned by Penske, who owns, I feel like, Variety and like all the trade publications, Jay Penske. And okay. um, they just hired like, for to be the editor of Women's Row Daily, one of the most prestigious publication in all the land, the former editor-in-chief of, I think, I want to say SheKnows.com. I don't know. <laughs> I'm nothing against she mode, but it's just funny because at one point, women's wear was so resistant to like, not only change, but just like so entrenched in its fashion authority at the expense of its like digital evolution, I think. Yeah. Because there weren't young people who understood the internet who were also as well versed in fashion history. But I guess doesn't matter anymore it is so crazy they really need to we need more historians because like i've been doing research for a project and even finding like an obituary in texas is impossible i know this guy's obituary are you good with microfiche i know that that's a library term but they claim to have their entire archive online but they haven't had it online for two years now and and then I contact the, the Dallas Public Library and I can't get anything from them either. So then I'm like, oh, I went to a university that should have all of this. And then but in order for me to go to browse the archive of the UT library, I have to go to Austin and like be there and use the computer on campus. I can't right. access it. Like you have to literally do the microfiche. So I I used to love research and was and Inherited the love of research from my mother, learned it, I should say, who was really wonderful at research. And I remember her taking me to the library when I was really young and learning how to use microfiche, which I imagine most newspapers, like the the archives are still on. If you even go on the New York Times website for like articles in the 90s, they look, they're like, it's, it's, they don't really have everything. Yeah. Okay. Because microfiche is basically like, a negative print that you like look at under a light, like a projector kind of light thing. And it mag- or it's like a magnifying uh, projector sort of thing. So, and then you are able to print the magnified projection of the negative onto a piece of paper. So if you needed to like get uh, articles. I think that's how Marissa Meltzer researched Glossy. <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> anyway um why did we talk about all of that women's routinely the media landscape she oh she knows.com and she doesn't know referring she to you know. she doesn't know she knows.com it sounds like one of those websites where it's like at the bottom of a news article that links to like a sponsored post on like like five things you have like to coffees. stop doing before you get cancer or whatever yeah, or like the tennis shoes, the skater shoes that Helen Hunt wore <laughs> that went viral online like five years now. It's crazy. She knows. Exo Jane. I don't know why we were talking Creating about Creating an that. audience. We were just reminiscing and that's okay. But we should probably I did get... A re- I did a research project that What'd is... What you do? 
Let me transition today, Nick. Come on, can I say one thing quickly? I did a research project. I bought Uggs made in 1974 from Australia, the real Ugg, and they're horrible. We know. They're horrible. Wait, what do you... Wait, that... Like, they're not comfortable. Wait, what? They're not comfortable. Hold on. Should we save this for the bonus episode? Okay. okay I won't say so anymore. You have Continue. to sign up to... You have to sign up for the Patreon for this. <laughs> um... Okay, that's actually fucking crazy. So I'm really I know. Hold that thought. Um no, my transition to top stories was the research project I did to get to the bottom of the trademark naming drama with Dr. Pillow Talk. Pillow Talk Derm. Pillow Talk Derm and Charlotte Tilbury. Okay. Insert transition music here. What do you got for me, Annie? We We've received like several DMs. So our audience seems to be like if there's a Venn diagram with our audience and people who care about Dr. Pillow Talk, it's like there's a lot it's like one circle. And so we I had to get to I had to figure out what was going on. I this is like a neat I thought she was more of like a niche New York City derm, but I think that she's actually This is Dr. Shireen Idris Idris. Yes, Dr. Pillow or sorry, Pillow Talk Derm is her handle. And so she's had this Instagram handle probably for years and years called Pillow Talk Derm. And she launched she products. Built, she built a huge following and she launched products under the name Pillow Talk Derm. And I believe the brand came out last year. It's fairly new and seemed to be doing well. And then we got all these DMs saying, you know, you guys need to look at look at this drama that's happening with uh, Pillow Talk Derm. And she was cryptically making Instagram reels with her team in a somewhat like joking way, but basically trying to let her audience know that she had to change the name of her brand that she launched from Pillow Talk Derm to her own name, Dr. Idris, which I think is a great name for a brand. Um, yeah, I think it should have been that been that all along. I mean, I don't pillow talk derm is just it sounds. It doesn't. It, that, wait, what like, are you talking about when you when you say pillow talk? What like what's pillow talk derm? What <laughs> I I haven't is been pillow talk her from the beginning. From, like, do you have pillow talk with your like significant other? Like, what is pillow talk? Or is it with like friends at a sleepover? Well, pillow talk is like between lovers, like if it is about, right, like, yeah. But my 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 understanding, or what I assumed, was she went by pillow talk derm because she has a really nice voice, and so she does oh, these like, like soothing two camera like you know videos, all like of her ASMR content her. vibes. Kind of, but she just has a nice voice, and so I thought that maybe that's why she went by pillow talk derm whatever i don't i it didn't seem that deep <laughs> the you know it just seemed like a random instagram handle that she made not knowing probably that she would get like a mass you know zillions yeah. of followers and then launch her own brand one day but she did and so then she had to change her name and she was kind of doing these well, why'd she have to change her name i'm gonna let i'm gonna tell you so i'm like okay she obviously is got sued where she literally had to pull product and reprint packaging. I mean, that's huge. Yeah. Like, you know, you started brands. Oh, I know. Like, I'm in. If you have to that's change your name, you have to change everything. everything. You're contacting lawyers. You're reprinting packaging. You're on the phone with China. You're on the, you have somebody in Hong Kong translating for you. You're yeah. paying 
tens of thousands of dollars. You're probably scrapping product. I mean, it's really a nightmare what you and everything digitally as well. All the, your paperwork. I mean, it's just, oh, God, I can't even it makes me it it hurts me to think about. And I and I've dealt with stuff like that before where it's like, I mean, not at that level where you had to literally change everything, but like even having a typo on a piece of packaging. Well, well, we had, yeah, we had to reprint like tubes once um, at Necessaire and it's, it was like a A nightmare. It's a a huge mistake. Yeah. So, and, and so it's, it's clear that she had to change her name. It was, was the cryptic messaging she was trying to get across. And I'm thinking pillow talk, what's the other big brand. And and I'm looking at the comments and people are saying, I'm never, I'm never supporting this other brand again. And people are being weird and cryptic in the comments too, because obviously if you get a lawsuit, you're probably advised by your lawyers not to talk about it to your, to your audience. Right. Especially if you're in the wrong, which, you know, not to like, Spoiler, spoiler alert, I'm not on her. Yeah, spoiler alert, like my judgment goes to Charlotte Tilbury, who famously has a shade called Pillow Talk of her lip, I guess it was like a lipstick lip liner combo. And then it's expanded where she's like created more and more shades of Pillow Talk this, Pillow Talk that. So then I go online, USTPO, I look up pillow talk in the cosmetic category so charlotte tilbury's holding company has owned the trademark for pillow talk in the cosmetics category across like all different like skincare preparations like color cosmetics for years and years like this isn't a new thing and you don't you don't even have to hire a lawyer to tell you like naming your cosmetic company pillow talk is not a good idea but if there exists this trademark right but if you before you even incorporate your company and name it, you do definitely right, need to right. talk to a trademark lawyer to cross all your T's and dot all your I's and all that. Right. Um, I don't know if they just didn't do that, but it's really hard to feel bad for this woman that like had such a major oversight or didn't listen to any advice. Like maybe she did get advice from a lawyer saying, like, hey, this is really risky because she was because I've also been in situations where you have a name that's close to something in a similar category, but then you say, well, this brand won't let's risk it. So I can get, I can give you an example. There's the, a product that with Thera in it and Thera gun actually sent a cease and desist, but they didn't have it for the cosmetic category. So it was kind of like a, okay, like don't, they're just trying to intimidate us not to use it, but that's something where it's like, no, like this is safe. This would not be safe. I'm so like, she made a terrible decision naming her company this. And so it's kind of, I think, I think I have no problem with it. Well, the people commenting i'm never buying charlotte tilbury again were they angry because it felt like a david and goliath thing like this enormous makeup i mean i feel like that's they're like kind of ignoring the or like not understanding the context i i know that's why i'm like you know very silly you guys like you can't i I, charlotte tilbury is completely in the right here yeah (laughs) like if, if, if she did for instance if she did a lip balm that would be like a skincare thing that would be a cosmetic it even even though you think like oh it's lip color like if she were to no, ever do like yeah. a lip balm gloss then suddenly they're in the same category it's like right. do- lo- love pillow talk derm but she she fucked up yeah <laughs> at least that's my take from the outside maybe i'm missing some essential details where she didn't do anything wrong but i don't know yeah i mean i guess like they're 
you can, I know in these situations, like there are ways to approach the person who's the trademark holder and apply for like to, or essentially like agree to, I forget what the term is, but you both can use it. Like you can say like, listen, we're different enough, you know, mm -hmm. that we both feel comfortable with this. It's, I think it's probably pretty rare <laughs> that that happens. But also I, I know that like one of the defining characteristics of like, or the, the defining sort of points in the trademark case are whether it create, whether it creates confusion to the consumer, like in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. So like if the consumer saw something that was called pillow talk and would be confused as to whether it was Charlotte Tilbury or pillow talk Durham, that would be a trademark infringement. And that seems like it would be so. Case closed. Case closed. Sorry. And also, like, don't be bullies to Charlotte Tilbury. Like, if you're one of the weirdos, like, online bullying Charlotte Tilbury over this, like, I don't know. Die on another hill. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So, in other news, yesterday I saw there were headlines all over, all over the internet about Estee Lauder cutting 5% of their workforce and... You know, in the articles reporting on this announcement that the company made, you know, the CEO of Estee Lauder, Fabrizio Frida, is sort of defending his own position because a lot of both consumers and there's some activist investors who are calling for his resignation, like saying that someone else needs to get Estee Lauder out of this like mess that they're in, this slump that they're in. What, what sales have been down? Like what sales have been down? China has been down travel retail, obviously due to the pandemic, which was, you know, like duty-free shops, which was a huge business and growing business for all the Estee Lauder brands was down. And really, you know, the, the thing about Estee Lauder is that yes, it's all these companies and it's a conglomerate, but a lot of the business or a lot of the sort of like health of the business is tied to the Estee Lauder brand, which hasn't been America, hasn't been part of the cultural conversation in quite a long time. They were able, I think, to find growth opportunities internationally with like different lines within the Estee Lauder brand with advanced night repair, you know. Yeah, they've been surviving on advanced night repair. <laughs> correct. And, but like, how do you sort of modernize the, the sort of core brand when, you know, there's just so much heritage that you can't like rebrand it? You know, it's the Heck, name I, of I the... I know that we're constantly like, you know, tooting our own horn here, but I, I will say I will, we did remember when we covered, they were sending advanced net repair into space and we were like, they've lost the plot. <laughs> yeah, so funny. So as part of this article, Fabrizio Freda, the CEO, who is quite, a, he has a wonderful reputation. And I don't think that this, the slump is his fault. And I think he's probably right to defend his own position that he can turn it around. I think part of the multi-pronged plan to turn Estee Lauder around involves some like pretty difficult things. Like, so another brand that Estee Lauder owns is Clinique. And Clinique was sort of the first dermatologist founded brand in some ways, because Dr. Orenreich in New York had formulated all the products. He was part of the press around the products that these were sort of non-clogging dermatologist formulated products clinique they kind of let the dermatologist founded 
product wave that happened in the last, you know, 10 years pass them by, right? Like more one now would consider Clinique like a particularly clinical brand, even though it's literally called Clinique. Well, yeah, well, those have been going viral on TikTok. Yeah. So like they, they were like going into some, they were moving into color, like they were leaning into these different like vitamin C thing. Like they were just sort of trying to find bright spots. But I think the general, the red brand halo of Clinique dimmed because they were kind of going for cult products maybe. And so I think, I think so they were also their... going really young. I mean, they were going after the Glossier customer, yeah. like even shortly after Glossier launched. Yeah. Um, and like there were all these other brands like that were that started to eat their lunch, right? Like the ordinary, which they ended up acquiring, but Naturium, you know, uh, Inky List, Dennis Gross, sure. And then there were like the more mature ones, like Peter Thomas Ross and Dennis Gross and et cetera, et cetera. So one of the turnaround plans is to sort of realign Clinique with dermatology and so they're like doing some sort of like partnership with an N with the nyu dermatology institute um which i think would be hard at this point to sort of like do that for the consumer to like kind of rebrand as a as a clinical brand i just think that's hard for that for clinique because it doesn't see it at its core sciency even though like everyone in every art director, like copies the Irving Penn Clinique ads that were very sciencey. It to me it feels more it feels like science with like the edges sanded off a little bit. Yeah, they made it too like digestible. And then the other end was like so the other turnaround idea is to like make Estee Lauder cooler, and I'm like these are really hard things to do. Like, how no, do you do this? Just go heritage brand. There has to be more like heritage brands and beauty. And they have I, them there, I, which is the heritage brand. And I think they've done a, they, that's a huge business for Lauder. You know, they, apparently the bright spots were The Ordinary and La Labo. Okay. But, you know, they've made this huge investment into Tom Ford. They ended up buying, they ended up buying all of Tom Ford, not just the beauty and then it's still, it's not being produced by Estee Lauder, meaning the fashion is being produced by the licensees that were producing it, but they now own it all. And Tom Ford fragrances do well. I don't think they're doing as well as they could be, um, but Tom Ford skincare Ugh. is not doing no. well. So I think they just like have a bunch of places where they, they sort of need to like tighten, they need to tighten the, the brands in some ways. They should hire us, just like Jake hired How Long Gone to like open a store on Bowery. Oh yeah, do yeah. And be like serve drinks and have some vintage. They should just have us like do a little meeting like that and pay us a shit ton of money. We could we could do it. We could turn the we could turn Estee Lauder around. I mean, I think it's I think it's obviously doable. You know, international has been a place where Estee Lauder has a, in some ways, a first mover advantage. I remember. Uh, being in Hong Kong when I worked at Lauder very briefly and learning that, you know, creme de la mer is like, a, it, it's just like such an enormous business in Asia, which like we Americans who like can't think outside of our own little worlds, like can't compute. So I think they'll turn around, but I, I think it's like some interesting sort of brand equity versus sort of like cultural currency conversations happening where like, how do you... How do you do this? How do you slice and dice it? 
especially when you're a publicly traded company and then you have all these people's like calling for your resignation it's not a lovely place yeah it seems like they need to forget about gen z and focus on like millennial women because all the brands that they are working with right well it's like why can't estee lauder be more like what it could have been the merit beauty yeah you know what i mean Mm-hmm. And yet, I think it still felt too old lady for most people to buy. Yeah, they haven't right? had a ton of like, I mean, th- that was a big sigh. I know. It's just a lot to think about. I want to fix it for them. I want to help. I know. Do we I give know. Francisco another year? Fabrizio? Yeah, Fabrizio? we do. Okay. okay. And other beauty news Beyonce finally revealed the name of her hair care brand and the launch date, which is February 20th. The brand is called Secred. C-E-C-R-E-D. Secred. Like Beyonce. Cred. I think is. But then we like say cred, like Beyonce. Yeah, but what was it? Say Noir. Say Noir, remember? Yes. Can I, I just like say, that. I love Beyonce. So much. You don't. You don't have to do this every time, Nick. I do. I love her. You're so scared. You're so scared of her. Audience. I'm scared of the beehive. I love her so much. Her creative direction is so bad. Like, you know, it's not cool. It's like a play on words. Like, the, you know what I mean? Like, just call it sacred. How does it have to be able to see? Like, what? Like, that's not clever. That's just like, it's so, like, it's so Tina Knowles coded to me. Like, you know, it'd be cool. To, you know what I mean? Like, she, like, Tina is too involved. No, no, no. Well, well, first of all, Tina is the hairstylist in the family. She owned a beauty salon. So that's like that is, kind of- well, she doesn't have to name the company. No, but I do think that, like, it does need to be Tina Credit. Fine, but it should be Tina Credit. Then call it, like, call it Tina. That, I would have, that would have been amazing. That would have been cool, right? She used to do a fragrance called Tina. Yes. She has to do a fragrance called Tina. That would be so much cooler. Like, Like, then, like, weird, like, 2005 names, like, that are, like, House of Darion. Like, what was Darion? Did Darion mean anything? It was just like this. Ooh, was Darion a person? I don't know. But like, it, it's always just a little bit too much of a play on words. Well, okay. So the hair care line, they released a teaser video. It's a little more like, it's giving like a lemonade, you know, production value, like kind of creative. It was like a creative set styling with like, felt like very like organic and like fashion. Like yeah, it was like a big white drape over. It was like, like a, it was a, it was a video being projected on a curtain, like a white curtain. On, yeah, on like a billowy, like folded white curtain, and then cut in with like or interspersed with like quick cuts of like a woman getting her hair shampooed, like a comb running through one of them, like a tight shot of braids, and then and then back to like the slow like pulled back shot of the projection. So it's like it's giving. It's like very like. They had fashion people work on this. Yep. <laughs> or they referenced. I'm trying to think of like what her last brand reveal has been. Where it Say felt. more. 
No, but that oh. was like, yeah. Yeah, I, I guess. But like in a big way where they had like teaser videos and stuff. Like the stuff she did for Ivy Park was so overproduced and commercial. So yeah. This, this feels like it's not that. The funny um, thing is like she's she is the best performer alive. And why can't that be enough? Like you can't. No one person can be good at everything. Like her, like Ivy Park was a loss leader for Adidas. <laughs> like she does it like she can't launch a brand. And, but yet, like, why is she? I, and she, and I, would I, blame, say, I blame Adidas for that more than Beyonce. It's like Puma, Rihanna, like these brands, like these, like, it doesn't work. I feel like Puma Rihanna did work. Did it? I think so. Remember when Fenty, she did Fenty fashion? That didn't Yeah. Happen. No, it didn't, did it? I just feel like these superstars, I'm trying to think of a brand that a superstar has launched that has like... Rare beauty? Fenty beauty? No, I mean, beauty's different. Oh, like a brand? I mean, easy. It, it worked. I mean, he he caused it to fail but it worked and also the row yeah but that's coming from like yeah and that can't, that's coming from the internal world of the olsons and i and is say is sacred also coming like from beyonce's core or does she no. have like a what's it called what's the kendo brands like on the side like doing everything? oh like an incubator i don't know if she has an incubator yeah. but i think the Austins clearly had something they wanted to say. Not that to was say at all. <laughs> well, right, but like something to express um, yeah. in the row and like a point of view and like a real, a really clear conception of who their customer was, who they were targeting. And I don't think, I mean, clearly the customer that they're targeting for what is it? Say noir? What is it? What is the hair? I even forget it. Seance? It's definitely. It's definitely a Beyonce fan. Sacred. It's definitely just the Beyonce fan. And I, and the, the piece that they're sort of missing is that, like, you can't bring fans, like, fans of, fans of music don't translate to fans of hair care. Like, women buy hair care. For different reasons than they listen to music. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I, like, actually, I don't know. I feel like this does have a point of view in terms of like who their customer is. And it doesn't just, I think like people that have textured hair that want like really high quality products that have more of like a, I don't know, like fat, like fashion angle in the same way that like, yeah, you can go to Byredo and get a, um, a product for, like kinky curly hair yeah you know and it feels like i don't know what the packaging looks like for her line or like what if she's doing like leaning on fragrances or whatever but from just the visuals alone from her teaser video it feels like she is making something for that customer and yeah okay. i mean, she, I mean that she would definitely, be cool, huh? like if it was more of like a yeah 
she definitely didn't do um like a montage of like every hair type like there were no there was no like baby fine like straight blonde hair (laughs) it was all like kinky textured like there were braids there were but a lot of curls a lot of like volume i i don't remember seeing straight hair at all actually so i wonder if like she's gonna only do curl products which would be really interesting yeah i mean i think that doing a if Beyonce does Oribe, I think would be pretty successful. Beyonce for Oribe? No, 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 like, no, no. like uh, her like, like, version yeah, of yeah. an Oribe brand for her, like for yeah. that customer yeah. who like up until this point has been sort of relegated to like one or two products within like the Oribe brand, which is mostly catering to like non curly, wavy, kinky hair. You know, I think that that would be smart, but let's see. And also like tools for... Uh, yeah. kinky curly hair and like also accessories for braids like you go I always wonder where people get their accessories like when you see beads on braids and stuff because when you go to the beauty supply it has it's almost like all of the accessories there feel like the same across the board like no matter what shop you go to like you go and like in the same way that you go and there's like Sunchi products at all the CVS and Target and there's not a ton of variety and they also seem like little girl coded a lot of them yeah so i wonder if she anyway in the teaser video she had a lot of like braid styles so i'm wondering if she's doing like special rubber bands or special like barrettes or beads or whatever and i think that would be really cool i hope so but it actually doesn't really matter <laughs> what i think so the other thing that i was thinking about related to celebrity brands was i saw a headline that travis barker has launched a new brand and it's called Barker Canico. It's cannabis stuff. And I was like, you know what? We don't give enough credit to this strategy in celebrity brands of just keep on trying. Maybe something will work. Yeah. You mean you mean the next push box? <laughs> yeah. But like he just like keeps on launching new brands and like all he needs is just like a simple square space and jog my memory. What else did Travis Barker launch? He launched remember he launched tattoo aftercare. He oh, launched Lord. I believe he launched skincare. Um and now he's launching cannabis and it's like kind of, you know, maybe like he's just sort of like not too concerned with any one of these different things he like does a photo they do photo shoots every day of their lives for their social media anyway so like what's just like another you know they're already paying for the production they might as well just like fit in the product they have a square space maybe one of these is going to take off this makes me this makes me believe in socialism like i do think that in order to start a business you should have to go to like a regulatory agency it could just be us and and we have to approve like okay yes there there should be a brand here like there should be a whole company making products like doing this thing like this makes there should be at least 5000 of this thing in the world i think that you should have to get approval for that instead of like just getting bored one day and having people you know come over to your calabasas compound and pitch you an idea for a cannabis brand and you say like yeah let's do it when's the photo yeah. shoot like I'm just looking up for at a website that is all of the Kardashian Jenner brands. There's so many. Dash, Arthur George, Kylie Cosmetics, KKW, KKW Fragrance, Good American, Skims, Kylie Skin, Kylie Baby, Poosh, Kylie Swim, 818 Tequila, Skin, Sky Partners. Kylie Swim. 
Lemmy, Globe Beverages, Safely, Kai. Kai? And then we, What's yeah. wrong with Kai? Hold on. I don't I know. I think they're just sort of, I think they've learned to sort of like, it's, is it, is this a Buddhist idea of just like not being attached to anything? And they're just like, you know what? Try it. Kylie Swim. It has 900. Their last post was June 1st, 2022. Kylie Swim? Yeah. That's and then so the Dash? Wild. What happened to Dash? Well, Dash Dash was a store, right? So that can close. I'm okay with Dash closing. It didn't it wasn't its own like brand, was it? Oh, did you know that there was did you know there was Chroma Beauty with a K? Launched in 2012 yeah. as, as an exclusive line on Elta, but then the products were quickly pulled from shelves because several brands sued Chroma Beauty for copyright infringement. They didn't have the right people. Kimoji. Um, Arthur Kai. George Socks. Remember those? Okay, Kai posted six days ago. I don't know. I don't feel great about Kai. I don't know if it's going to be around much longer. Or probably because like, fashion's not a good business. No. I would hate doing stuff in different sizes. Oof. It's just like, well, also, like, it's just, it's too much. It's, the juice isn't worth but the what squeeze. About, but what about Skims? Kylie saw Kim over there with Skims and was like, I can do that. And was like, I want that. Sweats and teas. I don't know, Kylie. I think she... What think about... Timmy, hold on. I don't know if Timmy's a good... Good for Kai. Travis Barker's brands. Oh, oh my God. He has a brand called Stars and Straps. Are those guitar straps? No, it's like a hype beast brand. Oh, he has a brand called Buster and Punch. It blurs the lines between music, fashion design, and creativity. I love a description of a brand that blurs the lines. That's what... He did. Can, he has Travis Barker Canico. Oh, he also just launched four thousand dollar long sleeve shirts. And he has a brand called Don't Trust Anyone. Nice. I mean, it's you could you could literally give yourself a migraine trying to understand any of this. Anyway, can we move on? Yeah, yeah, let's go. Our old friend James Pesius, the hairstylist. Um, launched his own line. James, uh, we met James when uh, he was like becoming the hottest new hairstylist, editorial it hairstylist. It was definitely like an HR issue if HR existed. If woke HR existed back then, like we would not be allowed to talk about James Precious in the way that we did. <laughs> because we were like, he's the, so hot. It was like the whole thing like in the office. Like if you mentioned James Precious, everybody in the office would be like, like We'd be like, everybody be like, God, he's so hot. And then Ben Gorham, too. We'd be like, Ben Gorham. Get that hot photo of Ben Gorham up if we had to, like, do a social media post about a guy. Literally. Um, um, but James Petchus just launched his own line of hair care. And his angle is, at least for his main two products, a shampoo and conditioner, they're water-free. They're tablets. It's called Blue, B-L-U, and Green. And I'm, I think I should order it and just find out for myself. But my main questions are like, when you're dealing with tablets that come in like a little box, is the idea that like before you get in the shower, you bring one tablet 
with you because you can't keep a box of tablets that dissolve in water inside the shower. They come in a cardboard box. They uh, or like a tin. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Still, yeah. like if it, if a little bit of water gets in, it turns into one big glob of shampoo even if it's even if it gets like a little bit of humidity in any sort of packaging they're going to turn to like let's keep it in the bedroom basically so you have to bring one tablet in and then i don't know like i guess you have to wash your hair first because what if you want to condition it too you have to bring a shampoo tablet and conditioner tablet i don't know where you put the conditioner tablet while you're doing the shampoo so that it doesn't get wet and sort of dissolve on its own i just i i don't i i'm gonna buy it you know i should shut the f up and just buy it and then try it that's what i'm gonna do right now i know i i'm i it's i've had to bite my tongue and not be a hater on this <laughs> haterism like i have for the dental brand that i sent you that is like very much trying to be like the burrito of uh tooth care <laughs> And it's like really hard to watch. <laughs> they like take themselves so seriously. It's like so fashion. It's it's too much. But I haven't spoken about it because I don't want to. Um, not everything needs to be so elevated. Like not everything needs to be so elevated. Like we have to have a little bit of a sense of humor. We have to have like a little bit of self awareness. Like they're literally like they're literally like this is like Santal flavored mouthwash. <laughs> it's like no. Um, <laughs> do we have? I think that's the last story of the week. Do we have products? What about products of the week? Oh, I have one. I have one too. Okay, mine is a food product, and it is a protein powder, which I'm so embarrassed to admit that I use protein powder. But, you know, I'm trying to get into top form and you have to have a high protein, low calorie diet to do that. And so I ordered or I went to the health food store across the street and they had this plant based protein powder, which sounded like the right thing to do, called Truvani. And the flavor I got on accident was vanilla chai. And it is so fucking good. All it's you need protein. to do is yeah, it's powder. And all you need to do is put one scoop in your Vitamix, ice, and a little bit of oat milk. And it's – the flavor is really good. And I tried the chocolate, and it's terrible. And I don't like fake foods. Like, I don't like protein powders and energy bars and stuff like that. So it's really saying something that I will <laughs> drink. This Where do you day. buy it? I buy it at the store across the street, but you can also get it on Truvani.com. Okay. Okay. Mine, longtime listeners will know that I'm always, that since Tom Ford discontinued its bronzing gel, I have been scrambling for something. I really like the Jones Road bronzing gel, but I think I found something that I might like a little better. It is Milk Makeup's Bionic Bronzer. And what I like about it a little bit better is that the bronzing gel from Jones World is a little bit more makeup-y and the bionic bronzer from Milk is a little bit, a little bit more sheer. 
And so it blends a little bit better into skin. And it just gives you that like kind of like just a little glow. There's no sparkle. There's no shine. It just looks really natural. It doesn't get into your pores or into, I don't know. It's like you can kind of see. Do you slap it all over your face or do you target? I do dots and then I rub in the dots. Okay. Question, is this a new launch or is this a... I don't think so. I think it's just like something that's existed, but I'm going to tell you. And the color, it is $36 or $32, depending on where you buy it. That's a lot of money. And Bionic is a whole sub-brand that they have. The color is time travel that I use. It is considered light bronze. And it has hyaluronic acid in it, LOL. And it's not new. It also has snow mushroom and reishi mushroom. Sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. But it has a 4.6 Sephora.com rating. And I like it. You're the expert on this. I, every Every week you have a new... I know. I know. I just am always looking for it. Have you heard of the brand Salty Face? No, that sounds like F right sushi. I know, but it's a tanning brand and they make a gel. I thought of you when I saw it because it feels like like a very sheer. There used to be a girl on product that was like water, like bronzing water, and there's no sparkle. Um, Oh, it's it's the soft tanning brand Salty Face. Yeah, but I don't think that the, I think this product is a makeup product, not a self. The tanning water. Mm, let me get back to you. We'll, oh, it develops we'll, we'll gradual and seamlessly. Oh, okay. Never mind. I thought that the, I thought they had just like a makeup product that was a, like a bronzer. They do more of liquid bronzer. Just a thought. I'll try it. Listen, I'll try it. I'll try anything. Don't buy it. Their PR emailed me. <laughs> really? Okay. Will you get me some? Yeah. Listen to our bonus episode. We're a little bit more risque, more unfiltered. Patreon.com slash eyewitnessbeauty. We also put all of our video content on that channel exclusively. And we know who's like a member. And so we're much more likely to be like responding to questions from people we know are just supporting us on Patreon. We've never been paid for anything. that we've said on this podcast. And we can do that because for the first year and a half, we spent thousands of our own dollars. Now we're just, just eking by with the money we get on Patreon so that we don't have to pay out of our pocket to make this podcast. Wouldn't it be lovely if we could, you know, even buy this fucking milk makeup bronzer? Yeah. We can barely afford bronzing, though. Yeah, I can barely afford bronzing gel. So like I'm going to spend the money from Patreon, you know, on like a Gucci bag. I'm going to buy beauty products and talk about them and try them. And I'm going to buy above the neck accessories. So please just. Please do it. Patreon.com slash eyewitnessbeauty. Our podcast is produced by Jonathan Kornman, a friend of a pod, and it is edited by AJ Mosley. Hi at eyewitnessbeauty.com and me at eyewitnessbeauty.com. Make at eyewitnessbeauty.com. Get at us. Support us on Patreon. We'll see you next week. Bye.